Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. your host, Maureen Moss, and I am so delighted to have you joining both me and my guest, Simran Singh, author of Conversations with the Universe. As many listeners may know, after I stepped down as president of the World Puja Network and over three decades of being a radio host, I chose to go on hiatus for an unspecified period of time, not planning another radio show or network an event, book, or interview at that time, the universe suggested otherwise. I was awakened at 4 o'clock in the morning two weeks ago with a special delivery message to interview my guest and soul sister tonight prior to her book launch on May 13th about what else? The universe. I didn't question what I knew was direct guidance. I did thank the universe for depositing such a joyful action into my heart. My favorite subject, the universe, and talking with one of my favorite people, Simran Singh. In this new world, it is time that every man, woman, and child learns how to have a meaningful dialogue with the universe, the co-partner of every single one of us the one true partner that knows how to get the best from us and give the best to us. How is it possible that we could live with such a magnificent and magnanimous partner, a true soulmate, a collaborator and best friend, and not know how to communicate properly or even refuse to accept the magnificent gifts that are offered to us? How is it that we understand what our angels in fur and feathers are saying to us when they speak in their barks, purrs, chirps, and more, but not the universe? Have we not had the right training or learned the right formula to ask, believe, and receive? Do we feel that we're not worthy of such a potent conversation? Or do we not trust? that the universe will always guide us in the right direction through its deep love for every one of us. Let's ask Simran Singh, the expert, the creative visionary, the rebel in the realms of metaphysics, award-winning publisher, radio host, and author of truly one of the most enticing Come Hither and Play with the Universe books written, Conversations with the Universe, launching on May 13th with advance orders available on both Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Cimarron's website is, is conversationswiththeuniverse.com, and at the end of this conversation, I will share Cimarron's extra special offers that go along with each book you purchase, plus a chance to win a 10-day experience with Cimarron in Machu Picchu. Welcome, Cimarron. Oh, Maureen, it is such an honor, such a blessing and a privilege to to be interviewed with this book, to, to have you do it, because I admire you so much. The work you have done is so profound, the way you have impacted so many, that when you called me and offered this amazing gift of an interview, I just was so humbled and so grateful. So thank you for uh, sharing in this deep conversation with me. Oh, it's it's so my pleasure, and you know this. Yeah, and I've shared this with you. This book is literally filled with page after page, actually sentence after sentence of brilliant revelations about how to truly engage with the universe, be blessed, spoken to, and spoken with by the universe and by your firsthand experience. 
Simran, is proof positive that there is not a moment in time when the universe is not engaged with us. So to begin with, what moved you to write this book, and how did your conversation start? You know, I had to write this book. I was compelled to because this is a conversation that I have been having now very consciously for the last seven years. And I just want the rest of the world to really engage with the universe and understand what's really going on here. They're missing out on the magic. They're missing out on the beauty if they're not having their own special, unique, intimate conversation with the universe. And the universe is already having it. It's, it's Are we having it back? A conversation is two people or two entities having something. My journey began seven years ago as I was in the midst of a very, very long dark night of the soul, and I was in a very deep state of depression. My life had crumbled completely around me. Everyone that loved me had either betrayed me or had left me, and I was utterly alone. And I just was really at a place of either wanting to die or wanting to live, but nowhere in the middle of of whatever it was that I was currently in. And in that moment of sheer desperation and just really the only prayer that I had left, which was help me, I I was just asking for this help. And I remember muttering kind of arrogantly and, and angrily at at God, I guess, you know, you could really send me some signs right now. I could use some help here. And I didn't realize in that moment that I opened a gateway, not on the outside, but really on the inside of myself, to be aware of things as they really were. And how did you know that you were, once you asked for send me help, send me something, help, which I think is a great prayer, how did you know that you were actually having a conversation, Simran, with the universe and not a conversation with yourself and what was the first thing that you heard the universe tell you? You know, the interesting thing about the way I've discovered the universe works is it's really going to get your attention by a constant tapping. And everything is has the ability to be used as that tapping. And so to get my attention in that moment, the universe decided to use the numbers 11, 111, and 1111. And those are very symbolic numbers in many different ways. But the conversation began simply because I began to notice that these numbers kept showing up, as many as 20, sometimes 30 times a day. And that's not normal. That's not even synchronicity at that point. That's something just bizarre or the individual will feel like they were going crazy. And and that's where I was. Okay, either I'm going nuts or there's something else happening here and someone, something bigger than me is trying to get my attention. And that is really the beginning of my conversation because I would notice when they would show up and then I would start to notice what I was thinking about when they showed up. And that's how the dialogue began. And what did you notice you were thinking about? And we're going to talk a lot more about numbers as part of the symbols. But what did you notice you were thinking about when those numbers showed up? Every time I was engaged in a worry or a problem or caught up in an obstacle, the numbers would show up for me. And it was almost like I heard, although I didn't hear it. It was just, it became kind of a cushion for me or a a little sacred wink, like, we're here, don't worry. We know you're worrying, but you don't have to worry. And so whenever I was in that worry of, oh, my goodness, my husband has left, or I no longer have an identity, my career is completely gone, or I no longer have the support of my family, every time I would have one of those thoughts in my head, all of a sudden an 11-11 would show up on a clock, or an 11-11 would drive by on a license plate, or I'd happen to pass a building and look over and the address was 111. It just was instantaneously every single time that I couldn't call it coincidence anymore. I couldn't call it synchronicity. This was a conversation. But who was having the conversation? That was my question. Is it God? Is it the universe? How is this actually taking place? And I began exploring. I began watching, and I began 
detailing it so that I could keep track of it. And what did you notice that happened in your body when you kept seeing the 1111? Initially, and I think it's because we're so programmed with fear, that the first response is, okay, this is strange and this is crazy and is someone playing a trick on me or is what's happening here? So I think initially what I thought was fear uh, was really something else. It was more so an excitement. And the place that I felt it was actually at the high part of the solar plexus. It was a, a place of real, true power. And I noticed that that kept happening. And as I began opening to it and embracing it, those feelings actually lifted up into my heart because it was then a communication of really heart and spirit taking place rather than the excitement or fear of is my power being taken or am I being given power. So uh, earlier I asked, how is it possible, Simran, that we could live together as one with such a magnificent and magnanimous partner and not know how to communicate properly or refuse to accept the gifts that are offered to us? Are we not listening or are we afraid to believe that we are not capable or worthy of such benevolent conversations? Or is some part of us afraid to trust the signs and symbols and synchronicities that the universe sends our way to guide us into the greatest expression of ourselves? Or is it a little bit of all of that? You know, I think it has been a lot of that, and mostly it has been, the belief systems, the generational tendencies, the cultural aspects that we have all taken on. I mean, just about every culture looks at God or the universe as this power that is above us or outside of us or away from us or that we have to ask something for or that judges us or that we have to cower in front of. And instead of that, This is a power, an essence, an energy that simply wants to engage and play with us. In a nutshell, if you really want to know what is going on here, the fact is we are not on a journey. We are the journey. We are not in the world. We are the world. We are not having a conversation with the universe. We are the universe engaging with ourselves. And that divine aspect is coming through us in that way as every single piece and part that makes up this universe. So when we separate from everything outside of ourselves, we are really separating from ourselves because that is just us. That tree is you speaking to you. That car is you speaking to you about you. That person is you speaking to you about you. There is only one of us here. And the rest of it is God showing up in a different form as us. And when you said that the, that the universe, Simran, really just wants to come and play with us, aren't some of the conversations as well prods to and, and nudges, divine nudges I call them, to get us more prepared to receive a deeper level of conversation are they and perhaps that sometimes where people feel that they're being put upon by the universe and perhaps get scared i think that we've gotten too serious about it all i think that we've gotten and and i think that the, the fear does play a role in that when when we talk about the universe wanting to play with us this really is a play this this whole experience is a play. And so the universe is playing with us through things and is trying to nudge us with these different winks and nods to flirt with us, to let us step back into wonder. We are children of the universe, but we're not acting like children. We are here to have the same wonder and discovery and laughter because every time we have that, that is the divine giggle of the universe saying, Let me talk to you a little more. Let me converse with you a little more. Let me shower upon you a little more. And as you release and allow yourself to be in that open space of childish wonder and play, you will know the truth of who you are. You will understand, acknowledge, and create with the vast expression of divine oneness that you are with me. 
And many people are going through some very serious times. And as you were saying, and we've talked about often, the importance of lightening up. And yet, for some, it's it's easier said than done. And so, as I as I just energetically tap in with people, and many might be saying, "My husband just died. I just lost my job. This happened. Uh, I lost my home." Uh, all the things that that many people throughout the world are having the experience of right now may be saying to you, well, do I have to lighten up in order to have this glorious conversation with the universe? Am I, if I'm not ready, do I fake it until I make it? What What is it? What's the divine setup to have the deepest and most intimate and most revealing conversation with the universe that I can have and, and be authentic in it? You know, I think the lightening up part does come, but it's going to come after we first understand that we are literally the ones creating this reality. Now, that's a term that's that's been used a lot in New Thought, that you create your reality and your thoughts and your feelings and all of that creates everything that's going on with you. What I'd like to offer is just imagine that you are the universe, that you were the universe before everything was created, that you were actually that mass of divine essence that is nothing but love and abundance and creation, light, sound, color, and harmony. And in that massiveness of all of that beauty, you also knew that you were that, that you also reveled in that, not from an egoic sense or an arrogant sense, but from one that just knows and loves unconditionally and honors and cherishes the expanse of itself. But you wanted to experience it again and again and again. And you literally decided to separate. And you literally decided to fragment into many different pieces and parts, many different personalities and people, all kinds of different things such as trees, birds, insects, every possible part that would create a play. And to know abundance, you'd have to know poverty. To know health, you'd have to know illness. To know divinity or beauty, you'd have to know the ugliness and the weakness. And so in the creation of that play, you had to choose a role. You had to choose the circumstances. You had to choose the cast that was going to be a part of that. And every piece and part of you that was the universe chimed in and said, yes, I will play with you as you, in front of you, mirroring you until you come to the realization that you are the divine one and we can all integrate back into you. We are living in a world of separation because we have forgotten, number one, the divinity of everything and everybody that is around us. And number two, we have forgotten that we are one with them. And we have not been taught that they are the representations of us in another form, waiting to be held, loved, cherished, integrated, and embraced, to be conversed with, engaged with, and united with. When you can take responsibility and ownership and look at your life from the sense that I created an opportunity for me to have lost so that I could understand how abundant I am, then all of a sudden these things that we call problems, issues, challenges, obstacles are not that. They are part of the divine tapestry of what we chose to come here to do. We are not humans. We are not the bodies that we live in. Those are spacesuits. We are, in essence, experience. Experience experiencing itself. That is the truth of who we are. We are divine experience. And, and as you said that, I was remembering a part in the book early on that you wrote about us entering this physical reality that was actually, or is actually, the soul's resistance to its inner light. In other words, life begins as a longing, but also a denying of that longing. And that we carry within us, you wrote, inherent negativity when we choose birth. So... With that being said, Simran, carrying inherent negativity 
when we chose birth, how do we then really transcend that so that we can be in that particular state of mind or state of heart or state of consciousness to let ourselves set ourselves up for this deep conversation with the universe if inherently we chose negativity? The first thing is the human brain is going to judge that word negativity. Mm -hmm. They're going to say, I'm not that, I don't want that, and why would I choose negativity in the first place? Why would, would human beings be that? Well, you can't see light in a light room, but you can see light in the dark. There have to be both halves for it to be divine. The universe does not judge anything. We do. As human beings, we do. The dark is only the other side of light. It is only the distortion of light, but it is still light. It is the distorted form. And so for us to truly come into unity, to truly come into our divinity, we must embrace what we call negative or dark and allow it to touch what we call goodness, positivity, or light. Only then are we whole. We've been too busy trying to fight off what we think or judge is wrong or negative or bad rather than embracing that as the other divine part of us. If we look at a child, if they are throwing a temper tantrum or if they are giggling themselves silly, we love them nonetheless. They are still that divine, beautiful creature that came into our lives. We have kept ourselves from having that aspect of divinity that lets ourselves experience in the moment. Instead, what we've done is we take things like anger and negativity or any of that and we attach to it and we prolong it. It's not meant to be prolonged. That's what causes the pain. That's what continues the pain. That's what creates continuous cycles of pain. But what if we were just to go through it as experience and then not be attached to it? If we were to do that, we would not have these recurring experiences. We would dissolve them into the light one by one and create that wholeness and divinity. That is the conversation that is to happen. That is the way experience shows up and we experience experience. And then we give it back and then the universe gives us something back. And until we engage in that way, all the universe can do is show us ourselves. So that ends up being the conversation that we're having. Mm. So if there is darkness inside of you, that darkness has to show up outside of you. If you have died on the inside, there has to be a death on the outside. If you are angry on the inside, you're going to witness violence or anger on the outside. It and is so, for you to see yourself. I'm sorry, go ahead. With that. It is for you to see yourself and not only see that self, but also be able to witness that self as a divine aspect and not judge it and not hate it and not want to push it away, but actually embrace it and say, where is that in me? Where is that piece of me that I have not been willing to see in my own divine essence of being? And the key to that is really allowing ourselves to see that part of ourselves without judging ourselves for it. Yes. Because I think that's no where judgment. we get tra we get trapped there, don't we? That's right. No judgment, no shame, no blame, no regrets. Simply experience, experiencing itself. Learn from it, grow from it, and move from it. Don't hang on to it. So the million-dollar question, I'm sure, is how does everyone that's listening in with us go about starting their own conversation with the universe, Simran? Is there a particular formula? And as I said earlier, is there a particular state of mind, state of heart, state of consciousness, or even a particular atmosphere for us to set ourselves up for conscious conversation, exciting conversation, fulfilling conversation with the universe? I think the first step is really to get away from the will, um, feeling like there has to be the will of oneself or even the will of God and going into the willingness 
if we can go into the willingness of just being open and aware of what's going on around us, that is the very first place. Because if you're just being willing to be aware, if you're just willing to say, I invite you to have this conversation with me, universe, show me yourself. And you're aware enough to start noticing. Notice what keeps showing up. Notice what your attention goes to. Notice that you happen to notice certain license plates and the number that's on that instead of every single one. Notice how when you're driving down the highway, you happen to turn, and in a billboard, there may be five words, but you focus on just one of them, and it happens to be the very answer to the thing you were thinking about in that moment. Notice how when you're in worry and you turn on the radio, a song comes to you or how books appear to you in a specific order, always leading and guiding you to your next step? What if every single thing in your experience is the conversation? Every single thing, especially the minute details. So that's the first step. Just be aware. Not so aware that you're looking for things out there. Okay, what can I see now? But aware in the sense of, huh, I just noticed that. Because just that is going to start to invite a deeper understanding inside of you. You already know this. It's hidden inside of you. It just has to be awakened. The second very important piece is being willing to see every single thing outside of you as a piece of you by asking the question, where is that in me? What is that here to show me about me? Because all of a sudden, then you can't point the finger, you can't blame, you can't shame, you can't hate, you can't stay separate from that. Because all of a sudden, it has shown up as the angel in its dysfunction or in its divinity. It has shown up as the angel to give you a piece of yourself back to you. So how can you condemn the one that has broken your heart? How can you condemn the one that has committed the crime? Because they have just shown you a piece of yourself you have not been willing to see. And can you extend love to that? And what role does love play, Simran, in the depth of conversation and response that we have with and from the universe? Love is actually all there is, and it's not the doing this. We have come to believe that love is something that we do or something that we extend to others. When we talk about being in love, it's not an action. We are in love. We are in the field of love at all times. That is why this conversation shows up. That is why the obstacles and the challenges, the pebbles, the rocks, and the boulders show up in your life. That is another form of love showing up to allow the highest vibration of you to rise up through the muck and the mire and dysfunction that you carry and walk walk in. When, When I was going through my experience and these people were falling out of my life and people were leaving me, that was love showing up. Because had they stayed, had they kept my life intact, had I had everything as I had always had it, I would have continued being who I was. And who I was was the walking dead, disconnected, not in my heart, not in my power, not in my purpose, not even present. Those individuals showed up as pieces that loved me enough to leave me, to break my heart, to illustrate behaviors to me that would wound me enough to crack me open that I could feel again. And so many of us walk around numb and dead and don't even realize. And I can tell you how you know because you can walk down the street and you can see it. There's a look in the walking dead's eyes. It's it's like they're not there. Those people smile, but there's an emptiness that they carry. They yawn an awful lot, even though they sleep most of the time. And I guarantee you, you're passing them on the street. 
They're probably sitting in your office cubicles. They might even be in your homes. In fact, one might even be staring back at you from the mirror. And if that is the case, love is going to create the experiences in your life to turn you into being in a state of bliss, but it's going to take away everything that's not serving you first. And as human beings, because we cling to things, even that which is uncomfortable, it feels painful. But if we go through it, it's actually love. It's been said God has sent us nothing but angels. Yes. A world full of angels. A world full of angels. And so to remember that we are all angels to each other under and in all circumstances would transcend all of the density of feeling that we are victims or that we have we have suffered at the hand of another. And I believe that once that is gone from our psyches, from our hearts, and from our souls, we make more room inside of us for the light of God, for the light of the universe to express in and through us. And we then are greater receptors for the conversation to be had. Would that be so? Most definitely that would be so. We not only will be engaging so deeply in conversation with the universe, there then grows this amazing connection between beings. We we then develop our other multisensory abilities to be able to have the empathy and compassion that's necessary, and that is how we will heal this world. Everything that is happening in our world right now, all of the chaos and the dysfunction and the breakdown that is happening is simply because we are at a place that we must release everything that is not our truth any longer as individuals. We have to release the, the, the bitterness and the hate and the pain and the woundedness because the fact of the matter is none of us are wounded. We are all masters. We are all masters walking. A master is not one that has miracles all around them. That's easy. It's easy to live a life amidst miracles. A master is one that is able to navigate and walk through all of the experiences that is life. So let's talk about a little further how the universe speaks to us, Simran, and you were just talking a little bit about what what helps us to become great receivers and receptors to embrace the often far-fetched signs, symbols, and guidance that the universe gives in answer to not only our greatest questions but our deepest prayer. How do we shape-shift, if you will, groom ourselves to be, become the greatest receptors and receivers rather than the blockers of the greatest information we could ever have given to us in the greatest conversations we will ever have. I think the key to that is really understanding that everything that is going on outside of you, every single thing, is a mirror reflection of you. That is the basic sense, the starting point. The end point is it is actually you. So if we just start at the base point, which is everything around you is an exact mirror of you, and all of a sudden start to realize that they are giving us gifts and showing us things along the way, then you can start to discern what that conversation is. And I can go into a a small example of a story that is actually in the book, and there's a couple that had gotten married, and when they got married, they're, they're... experience was one where they came together in an interesting way and began their lives and perhaps were giving up a little piece of each of themselves. Well, they decided to get two dogs. This just goes to show you how the universe, number one, brings to us exactly who we are and gives it in illustrations. They got two dogs, each one picking out their own, and each of their dogs literally was showing them who they were through their health issues, the dog's health issues, through the dog's behavior, 
it was illustrating to them when they were losing their voice. It was illustrating to the woman when she had lost her creativity because the dog developed the health issue. We often think that things are just going on randomly around us and have nothing to do with us. But what's going on with your children is happening to show you you. What's going on with your pets is happening to illustrate something that is going on with your life. The side of the body that something is happening on is to show you an aspect of yourself or your mother or your father that you have to re-engage with and reintegrate. Uh, a plant showing up, a specific flower, has a symbol. It means something. It's showing you what's about to enter your life. Just before this interview, I was at the park with my son, and kids are playing, and I'm just about to leave, and I get up. And in that moment, a black raven flies in and lands exactly opposite to me on the chair, a bench that is just next to me. And that was a message. That was a communication. And the message that the raven brought, the spiritual meaning of the raven, if you look back at at Celtic work or, or many of the different mythologies, is that one form of life is ending and a new form is beginning, and you're opening up to hidden worlds. You're now opening up to secrets of the universe that you are to speak and share. The raven gives a call. Whenever we're going through any experience, I guarantee you certain animals are going to show up, certain birds, certain insects, and not just in live form. It can even be on a postcard or on a greeting card. You may have a hippopotamus show up on on a birthday card. That means something. It's a message to you. That is so that you understand that you've given yourself all the clues and codes within your own life experience before you came here. You set up your play. You sat in that mass of divine beingness with these other fragments that popped off to be the people in your play, and you said, I'm going to have this happen. I'm going to have these symbols show up to bring me back on track if I'm on track. Everything in the planet is appearing as a symbol and a message for you to get back to the truth of you. And you've written in Conversations with the Universe that speaking about symbols and something we talked about earlier with your 1111, that that everything boils down to numbers. And you share how specifically they have guided you, telling you exactly, to use your words, exactly when to follow a path and when not to, and how they have provided you with reassurance when in doubt. So, Simran, will you share insight into... The, the the meaning of what I know so many people have asked this question before, what's the meaning uh, when I'm consistently drawn to certain sequential numbers? Uh, and I've heard most primarily 1111, 555, 1212, and 333. I know people are saying, okay, but what do those mean exactly? So 1111 is actually a pre-encoded trigger in our cellular structure. It's in our DNA. This is a code that was placed within us as part of our divine beingness. And that is why millions across the world actually see 1111 or 11 or 111. Now, if you're not seeing it after hearing this conversation, don't be surprised if you start because you're going to be more aware of it. Um, But if you're not seeing it, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm simply telling you that you are seeing something. And that really is the key. It's not even about having to truly understand the meaning of everything. I go into the meanings of things in conversations with the universe because in the beginning place, our analytical minds, our human brains, want to understand the meaning of everything. The true essence is to understand that when things are showing up, they're showing up to say someone's got your back, that the universe is actually in cahoots with you on your behalf to support you. And whatever you're thinking of in that moment, they want you to know that you are completely supported. And so if you are seeing the numbers 1111, that is a gateway to help you understand that you can go through now, and it is between the physical and the spiritual, positivity and negativity, reality and illusion. You are standing in that gateway to determine which side you want to be in, whether you want to live the truth of who you are, what is truly real, 
and truly the positive beingness of you or whether you want to slip into the illusion that is what we call life. As you step through that gateway and you start to choose higher and grow yourself in that way, you will start to see other numbers, particularly double and triple digit numbers. You'll start to then see 22 and 33 and 44 and all of those things to let you know that you are continually growing. And as you're reaching a level of mastery or you've really opened up your intuitive nature, that is when the triple digits start to show up, the 333s and the 555s and the 777s. And it will be continuous and the universe will continually speak to you as a sign that they're still around, they're guiding you, that the abundance you're looking for is coming up, that the support you need is coming forward, those kinds of messages. All kinds of other numbers show up, all kinds of other animals show up. There are a lot of books that will go into full detail of those things if you are really wanting the details, and I even list those resources in my book. But there comes a point where you will get to understand it's not so much about having to truly understand every little detail and what it means, because you're going to develop an intuitive connection and understanding of your own conversation. Those books, even even the details that I place in my book, are to give you a general understanding so that you can start to step into this way of looking, into this way of thinking and feeling. But at a certain point, let go of the need to know exactly what it means and allow yourself to hear on the inside what you feel it means. Because although we have one main language of the universe, we each have a specific dialect that goes deeper. And that's what I'm more interested in you connecting with. That's what the universe is more interested in having a conversation with. And also over the decades as a powerful living coach, I've noted that a lot of people, Simran, believe that their purpose, is what they do, which I'm certain throws people off of their true life purpose in life. In your conversation with the universe, what has the universe shared with you in answer to that question? What is one's true life purpose? There is only one true life purpose for all of us, and that is to live in the continual experience. We are experience experiencing itself. And if you can just be open in every moment to the experience in front of you and living fully in that, fully engaged with all of your sense and sensibilities, with all of your presence, that is actually going to lead you to opportunity and possibility. If you are so present and open to what is happening to you in that moment, you open different bubbles of reality, different portals of time that allow other things to happen that would not normally happen if you're in a frame of mind that is in a different place or time. But if you can be open to what is showing up in that moment, you will start to tap into a magic that exists and the conversation will increase. You will get more signs and more symbols more rapidly that that will let you know this is the direction to go. Whenever I have something that I am questioning, I will literally ask out loud, is this what I am supposed to do? Am I supposed to go in this direction? If it is, send me my signs. And when I am supposed to do something, I get them in so many ways, so many signs that I cannot deny it. For example, I was given a vision to embark on something called the Rebel Road Tour. It is a one-woman show I'm to be putting on over the next year. It was bizarre to me. It was crazy of what I was being asked to do because these were things I've never done before. And I I couldn't wrap my head around doing everything that was being asked of me. And so I said, is this really what you want me to do? Do you really want me to go into comedy and you really want me to sing and you really want me to perform in 66 cities? This is crazy. Show me without a doubt in a way that I cannot deny it. On that day that I said that, I was driving my kids back from their fathers, back to our home in Charleston. And I'm driving along, and all of a sudden I look over, and the license plate is 333. I drive along, the next license plate is 444. The next license plate I see is 555. The next license plate I see is 666. The next license plate I see is 777. The next license plate I see is 888. The next license plate I see is 999. Tell me how that happens. 
You can't make this stuff up. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't and, I, and, and what I know is that what you were just saying about specifically asking, one of the things that I have always said to the universe when there's something, quote, unquote, far-fetched that is asked of me is you need to put that in writing. And I have found the answers to the questions that have that I have asked about what has been guided or directed to me literally show up everywhere from a piece of writing or paper that was not on my desk before I asked the question and then I'll walk into my office and there's something torn out of something that I did not put there that has the answer when I say, you need to put that in writing, and it's there. Or I was in um, I, w- I was in transition of moving from Arizona to Ashland, and I thought it was so crazy that I was being asked to do this. And I was at the at, at this bed and breakfast, and I wasn't very happy in the moment. And I said to the universe, "You need to put this in writing." And I literally heard open the the um, the nightstand drawer. I opened the drawer, and the only thing that was in it was a TV guide. And I, I said, okay, something must be in here. And I immediately went to the back of it, and there were, in the back of it, there were horoscopes. And it said, what you stand to gain is much greater than what you stand to lose. Resist nothing. And that has been my way of asking for specifics. Put it in writing and it will come to me. It's come to me from people sitting across from me reading a book on an airplane and I notice the name of a book and I'll even say to them, may I I see that book for just a moment? So I do, I, I really do understand and know and convey to all of our listeners, this works. This isn't just Simran's word. This works, and I know that many of you know this as well, and now this is being brought up into your consciousness in such a way that is so powerful and so potent as is this book, so powerful and so potent that you're really, really going to take notice and command. Wouldn't that be so Simran, we we start to take we we gain power when we have these conversations with the universe. This is what I've noticed. This is what I've noticed every time I've asked the question or I've said, okay, you need to put this in writing, and it shows up, and then you just you know, as you said, the universe has your back. You've got the answer. It's right there. How if it came in in nine license plates in front of you, one after the other of of triple digits or the back of a horoscope. Uh, or the back of a TV guide with a horoscope, it puts you in a different place of true power is what I noticed. How well, and, so? and you said something that's very, very key um, because part of this is about trusting. You know, when, when, when you get a message, if you can slowly develop your trust and the universe is going to play with you in that way, it's, it's going to give you what you've asked for and most of us are going to be skeptical at first. Most of us are going to say, Okay, that was just a coincidence. I can't trust. Okay, you need to send me something else. You know, can you you trust? Because when you develop the trust, the universe is actually going to give you more. And then the way the universe knows that you're developing the trust is when you take action. So if you're asking about something, for example, I asked about the Rebel Road, and I got my confirmation through all these license plates, because it was trying to show me you're going down the road and we're going to show you that there's you're going to go on and on and on down the road. That's why there were so many. And my next step is to say yes to that asking that the universe has given me, to say yes to the rebel road. Because then when I say yes to that, the next signs can come. But if you are asking a question and then you're not trusting the guidance or you're trusting the guidance but you're not taking the step, the universe can't speak back again to give you the next piece of information. That is why it is a conversation. It is a give and take in this. And, and it's so powerful when you trust, like Maureen just talked about, and when you say that yes and you move forward. It is the most powerful, magical experience to be in this dance. 
and to watch how the universe plays, but also that sense of humor that it has. I mean, really, I was sitting there chuckling as I'm seeing nine sets of license plates go by, thinking, how how do I ever tell anyone that this really happened and they believe me? That's so not fair. And because it's so comical in the moment that this could even happen. And you're going to find out that that is the way the world actually does work if we would get out of our own way, if we would get out of our seriousness, if we would get out of focusing on all that we think is so bad about the world and focus on what is so good. Because in every pit of chaos and obstacle and challenge that shows up, rather than looking at the challenge, if we look at the details, the details actually have the answers. The details are actually telling us the path to take to get us out of the problem. And I'm reminded as you were speaking of a quote from from author Henry Miller, and I remember he, him writing, all, and, and, and to remind everyone that all experience is a leap in the dark, an unpremeditated act without benefit of experience. Mm-hmm. And that really is what the universe is beckoning us forth into. Isn't that so? Almost definitely. Like I said before, we are experience experiencing itself. Yeah. Divinity is coming in as and through us, as us, because it came here for experience. This is the only place you can do that. Earth was created specifically for that reason. So who can you be in the experience of experiencing itself? And share with us the way in which our conversation, Simran, with the universe will not only hasten our experience of heaven on Earth through each one of our physical bodies, but it will also calm what, what I believe are our overstimulated nervous systems and emotional and mental bodies, particularly in this great shift of time that we're in. Well, just the fact that we're able to have a constant communication with something that feels bigger than ourselves lets us know that there is something that is taking care of us, that there is something that is holding us, that we are actually in that field of love. And when we start to recognize that we are all of these pieces and parts around us, and that we actually have power in that with a host of angels that have got our back and are behind us moving us forward as well, then it becomes more of a creative experience. We now really do create everything in our reality, and we rejoice even in the obstacles that come forward. If you can get to the point where you actually are perfectly fine and accepting with every single thing that comes in, all of a sudden the whole experience changes. And I can give you another example. There was a woman that had been trying to sell her house for a very, very long time, and it was not selling. And finally she switched realtors, and they were going to have this big open house because it was a huge company, and they had 100 people expected to show up. Well, the day before that open house, a pipe burst in her wall. It came from the ceiling, the water was trickling down through the wall, it flooded the entire basement, and there was a foot of water. They ended up having to suction out the water, put sand, she was just panicked, how are we going to do this open house because it couldn't be canceled, and we happened to be having a session that day. And I looked at her and she, I said, why are you so upset? And she said, how dare you say that? How could I not be upset? I have a house full of people coming, I'm not going to be able to sell the house this way. And I said, no, wait a second. Let's look at what's really going on here. You're caught in the problem. Let's look at the symbols that are showing up. Number one, this is taking place in your house. It started at the top, which is the attic. That is the height of consciousness. The house represents you. The attic represents your highest place of consciousness. The water stemmed from there. That is cleansing. That means you have now cleansed yourself, your consciousness, from the top of yourself all the way down to the basement. The basement is your foundation. You have cleansed and worked your inner work through to the foundation. And you know how I know it's worked? Because the pipe was inside of the wall. This was on an internal level that you have done this cleansing. And what else does water represent other than healing and abundance? If you would, instead of focusing on the negative, because you're about to turn back around all of the good that's coming towards you and understand that what the universe is trying to show you is that your abundance is about to show up, but it's playing with you, can you stay in this consciousness that you have worked so hard to develop, or are you going to fall back into the old ways that you were? 
she changed in that moment and said, I'm going to have this feeling and expression when I leave here. They had the open house two days later. A woman insisted on seeing the basement, which they were not showing to anyone. And so the lady went down and saw the basement, filled with fans and water and torn up flooring, and she said, this is the house I've been looking for. I'd like to put in a contract. And she bought the house. What a great story. What a great story. So in closing, Simran, that that was great. Let's speak just quickly about oneness. And it's it's ceaselessly, as we know, spoken about by many, yet I'm, I'm not sure its depth and importance has been woven deeply into humanity's hearts, which I know and you know must occur if we are to go forward as divine new, new humans, living as one from the one in expression as the one, and ultimately receiving the full benefits of being in sacred union and conversation with the universe. Will you speak to oneness and what the universe has said to you about oneness? We are all one. It's, it's actually very well expressed by the name of the magazine, 1111. When I was given that, I thought it was all about the sacred geometry and the meaning of actually 1111s. But if you look at that, we are the ones that are represented in 1111. But we are the one. Each and every one of us, each and everything from the tree to the ant to the human being across from you, we are all that one divinity fragmented into different pieces trying to come back into oneness. When the universe expanded and created all of creation, that was God expanding into the many pieces and parts that we are. If we would just recognize the divinity and the godness in everything that is around us, and embrace that in the field of love that we are, all of a sudden we bring back to ourselves another one of us. And in that place, we will get closer and closer until there is just one. It is no longer the I. It is no longer the individual. It is the we that is coming back together in oneness. The book is Conversations with the Universe. How the World Speaks to Us by Simran Singh, available now at both Amazon and at Barnes & Noble. When you visit the website, conversationswiththeuniverse.com, you're going to be offered five great free gifts when you order the book. Each one is a guide, really, from videos to meditations. It's, just, it's fantastic to further benefit your conversation with the universe, plus you will get a chance to win a 10-day, nine-night experience in Machu Picchu with Simran in 2014. Simran, I really want to thank you so deeply from my deepest heart, first, for writing this book. It is brilliant. It is a book whose time has come. It is so rich with gems and jewels from one sentence to the other. It will take everybody a good long time to read it and then want to reread it and reread it and reread it and in the rereading of it your vibration will shift and change and raise up to the level of your greatness and magnificence and I want to thank you Simran for the multi levels and layers that are in this book and thank you for joining me in this wonderful conversation tonight Oh, oh, my goodness. I'm so humbled and so honored to just share the space and time with you, Maureen. I love you dearly, and I I, I just, I, I don't know that there are enough words for, for what this has meant. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you to all who joined us tonight from around the world. This is your host, Maureen Moss. To join in my other upcoming conversations, courses, sessions, and, and more, please visit MaureenMoss.com where you will also find some wonderful free gifts and numerous downloads to enhance your journey forward into the new world as a divine new human in oneness with the universe. Namaste.
Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. We'll be right back. 